Ephesians, the fourth chapter, the 29th verse, we're going to start there. It says, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good, so whatever it is that's supposed to be good, but notice, good for. You know, there's some things in the Bible that say if, if the salt has lost its saltiness, you know, the preserving factor, it's good for nothing but to throw, be thrown on the heap. Here he said and to be thrown out and, and not to be used. But here he said what is good for, necessary. You know, how many of you know candy bars, though important, are not necessary, right? I mean, you could live at least 24 hours without a candy bar. You could even live a month without a candy bar. You could actually live two months without a candy bar, but you can't live two months without water because it's necessary, right? So a necess- something necessary is a necessity. Some things are a necessity. Jesus said it like this, man shall not live by bread alone. So to physically live, you need bread or food. But he said, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So God's words are necessary for true life in this earth with God. So you could say it like this, like Timothy said that they, you know, Paul writing to Timothy said they were dead while they lived. They were walking outside of the word. They didn't have God's word. They weren't walking appropriately. And so that being said, it's necessary to have God's word correct in your life. And, you know, you're not going to be perfect in it because we're going to grow and learn more and more all the time. Paul, at the end of his life, said, I don't know everything. And God used him to write two-thirds of the New Testament. He said, but I'm pressing on to know more. And so here, he said, it's for necessary, this is necessary for edification or literally building up. When we talk about edification in the Bible, it means to charge up, to build up, like you'd build like a castle back in the day, you know, and they'd take a stone and put a big stone and then put another stone and another stone. And as they went, how many of you know castles are not built in one day? They are not. The foundation goes down, different things go down, and they are built over a period of time. That's important. The only castles I know that are put up in a day are bounce houses, things, you know, that the kids are in. They look like a castle. They're not much. There's hardly any substance to them. They might not be fun, but that's not life. They take a while. And so he said, here, edify, it's for necessary building up that it may impart. So these words are to impart grace. Now, we're not looking at it, but Paul writing in the, in the book of Galatians, he talked about how the grace of God or the ability of God and the strength of God and God's working might is in truth. So we should recognize, he said, it's bread, but what are you re- eating when you're eating his word and getting it in you? You're getting his ability, his grace, his working. Truly something gets in you. I mean, you can look at this on the positive and you can look at it in the negative. How many of you have ever watched a scary movie or something that was scary and you never had a problem walking down the street or going down the hallway with the lights off 
and now you've got to flip on the light, right? And then, you know, when you're younger, you walk until you get by a door, and you run by the door. Because it's dark in there. Nobody ever did that? My, my, my mom and dad would send me up the street to the neighbors or whatever to get something. I'm like, it's dark. We had no street lights. And so you go up the street, and you're watching all this stuff that your parents tell you don't watch. Now those same people could be behind the bushes. So you start with a jog, then you get close to the bush, and you sprint. You know, I was never attacked. But I was conscious of something by words. Here he said grace is imparted. You get built up, and it's through this grace that's imparted to you or to the hearers. So we looked at this, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is, but what is good for necessary or what's needful for building up, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And then we read verse 30, you know, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Right? We, we talked about this, how that in these verses, how God is able to do some things in our life is definitely up to us. I know people don't like that, but that's a fact. You still have a free will. Because remember we talked about before, where it talks about, you know, neither give place to the devil right before this. And now he's saying, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. And he's basically saying, you can open a door or resist and keep out the devil. Or you can grieve the Holy Spirit, meaning if he's not grieved, he's going to be helping you. But here's the thing. Some people are very conscious of the devil. Some people are conscious of God. And people are conscious in different ways. But if you get built up, you can become conscious. You know, I've said it before. When I was younger, I, I worked out. That's why I said younger. You know, and as my arms got bigger, I remember I, I used to think I don't have muscles. You know, because your arm went backwards right here. When you're little, you know, you're looking at kids and they flex and you're like, awesome. And you're like, I know they've got muscles, I just don't see them. But as you start working out, all of a sudden it's got its level and then it starts. And what happens is you start becoming conscious. Here's something that you might be able to identify. If you eat a lot, you start becoming conscious of your clothes getting tighter. You become conscious and you're just conscious of that fact. You sit down, you're like, whoa. And uh, that's why stretchy pants are nice. But people get conscious of different things. But here's the thing. He doesn't want us built up in certain natural things as much as he does spiritual. Because you know spiritual things are more real. But that doesn't mean they're real to us. But they are real already. Jesus has been waiting to come back for a long, long time. That's a reality that you can become conscious of. It'll help you how you live your life, but there's other things. And how would you become conscious of different things? Well, we said this here. He said that it might impart grace to the hearers. And we said this, the one who 
hears the most is you of your words. Next, maybe a spouse or, you know, people in your house. Then your close friends, your business associates, neighbors, and on down the line until there's acquaintances. So the one who is affected most by your words is you. And so you need to learn to not be a bully. Some people are a bully to people, but it might be because they're first a bully to themselves. Oh, that that went over real well. They beat themselves up. But he told us to impart grace to the hearers. And so how would you impart grace? And what would it really do if it, if it imparted something? He's telling you it would build you up. It would build you up. It would build people up. And we talked about, you know, last week, you don't just go tell everybody stuff because they'll trample it under their feet. So you just have to be careful how and what you do say, but that doesn't mean you have to be stopped from being built up. That doesn't mean even if you're in a house with somebody who doesn't want it, that you can't be built up. You know, you can purpose to say things on your own, because how many of you know, we know Jesus is real, but how many of you know when we start worshiping God and praising God, we recognize God working, doing stuff. We start going, whoa. Right? No? Yeah, we do. And so we need to become more conscious of God than people, more conscious of what God says than other things. I've asked people this lately, you know, when people say, you know, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I don't have this or I don't have that or this is wrong, I'm not forgiven, I just know how do you know? Usually it's because they're conscious of how they feel more than they're conscious of what God said. It's a fact. They're more conscious of natural things than they are God. And so we need to build ourselves up in the truth for many reasons. Because people are held captive as Christians to others all the time. More than maybe people think. They look at their boss. We know that we're to treat our boss with respect and people with love and things like that and not talk about them. But for some reason, sometimes you have a boss and you think, well, they're just better than me. Inherently, because they have a job that's in a higher position. And I'm not talking about knocking people and putting people down, but people just evaluate by what they see where they belong in life, and they just cruise along in life, and they see themselves in a wrong light. Oh, those people are cool. I must not be. Why, do you, why are you not cool? Because of what they drive what they wear, who they hang around with. Does that make that cool? Well, if you're a child of God, you say, well, I don't even own a home. Well, you've got a mansion coming in heaven. And if they're unsaved, they have hell awaiting them. They need the Lord. But if we have this, if we're not built up the way we should, we'll just see things so different. We'll be embarrassed to act the way we want to act say the things that we should say 
Because what happens is we're not as aware of God living in us, God being for us as believers, and how we do stuff. You know, have you ever been with a group of people and you start laughing and doing something, then all of a sudden you thought, oh man, everybody's looking at me, I'm making a fool out of myself. Now, you might be doing something wrong, but if you're doing stuff right, what does it matter what people think about you, when you if you're laughing with everybody else? Some people won't laugh because of what other people think. Some people will act wrong and do stuff wrong just because of it's so in their head what other people will think, and they won't stand up for what's right. When it comes to if you're the boss and you have employees, you need to be careful because people have this stuff in fixed, fixed in them because they're not conscious of God and who He is. And so they'll just go along with what the other boss says instead of standing up for what's right and saying, no, that's not appropriate. They are okay and they are doing right, and I said that. I told them to do it. But what happens is people don't esteem God correctly and really recognize who he is today. They think he's going to be that God when he shows up. No, he's the Lord, the Bible said, and he changes not in Malachi. So he is the God who will show up today. In other words, he may show up and return to the earth in 20, 30, 40 years, 10 years, but he's still the same God now. You with me? Same God. And so people are not always conscious of that, and it's so important to build ourselves up. Why? Because man and man, if our image is not correct with God, it'll paralyze us and mess us up in how we act in life. It'll make us timid, you know. I know this in my personal experience, even from the time when I came to know the Lord, and, and then I started saying, hey, come to church with me, you know, because people will come if you ask them, you know, you don't have to really know anything, and then they can hear the gospel and get saved, and I'd say, hey, come with me, and you know, somebody would come, and there were some of my friends that I was like, oh, I like them, they're cool, we're cool together, you know, and so I was already I'd already broken free in some senses where I'm starting to lift my hands and praise God. Now my friend shows up, down my hands went. And I'm thinking, I sure hope they don't do this. If this would just be calm service, this would be excellent. Great, she's over there crying again. It's not good. But why is she crying? Maybe she's going through something hard. Maybe God's doing something in her life. Maybe she is just emotional. But it could be any number of things. Notice this in Galatians. There's two scriptures I want to look at here. Galatians 1. Galatians, the first chapter and the 10th verse. Because here's the thing. We need to throw caution to the wind. We need wisdom in how we conduct ourselves. We need love in how we conduct ourselves. But there's some things we would probably do if we were really seeking to please God and not people. You with me? If we were really working to please God. Notice this in Galatians 1, verse 10. And we're talking about 
being built up. Notice this, verse 10. It says, For do I now persuade men or God? I'm not trying to persuade God. He said, notice this, Or do I seek to please men? Or do I seek to please men? For if I still pleased men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. Interesting, he went around telling people, I'm a bondservant of Christ. What does that mean? It's a voluntary slave. But he said, I will get disconnected from obeying God, disconnected from voluntarily serving him if I'm endeavoring to please people. Are you here to please me? Then you're not a bondservant of Christ. Am I here to please you? Then I'm disconnecting from being a voluntary bondservant because, see, I may not say exactly what I need to say because three of the people might get offended and go out the door. But if you're trying to please me, it may make you move away from something you need to do. You know, I'm trying to get around Pastor Dave. Well, I'll be at the door after service. But pleasing me is not the issue. The Bible tells us if we please God, He'll make even our enemies to be at rest with us. So if we work to please Him, the other stuff will straighten itself out. But here He said, if I do that, then I'm no longer a bondservant of Christ. Who am I trying to please in life? God or him? Or her? Or them? Because if I do get it in my head that I'm trying to impress, I'm going to do things to work for my own image instead of his image. And you know what that's going to do to you? It's going to make you not step out in faith. said, well, why do you say that? Because there will be something in the back of your head going, well, if you step out and pray for them right here in the grocery store, what are all these people going to think? But he's the one going, do it, and you know it. See how it disconnects you from being a bondservant? What it is, it's actually really a trap. And our world and our society teaches us well to be impressive and impressed. Whether you like our president now or not, he is the president. One thing I like about him, he just made a remark and said these people have a right to protest. He didn't say I agree with it or not. He didn't yell at them. He didn't freak out. One thing that is at least some type of decent quality, I didn't say every quality, but it is a decent quality, is he doesn't try to please people. He's after an agenda for the people, and they don't even know it. But you know me. I don't talk about politics, but how in the world we can, I can delete this. I, we have photo, uh, photo editing, but we have editing. But how in the world can you sit there and have Madonna 
say, this dude is against girls and he's a sexual pervert and all this stuff, and she said, I will do sexual favors for anybody who votes for him. That was the G-rated version. Nobody said anything about her. That was funny. Praise the Lord. But we're not in this to please people. We're in this to please God. But what if somebody doesn't like me? What if you find out somebody's been looking for what you've been hiding in your pocket the whole time? You know, like the guy who had the talents and he was afraid of what the master would do? So he buried his talent and hid it and did nothing with it. Then when the Lord came back, he said, what would you do with it? He said, nothing, I was afraid. What were you afraid of? When we have our focus not fixed on the one like it should be, we, we, we get disconnected from being a bondservant, a voluntary servant of the Lord in ways we maybe didn't know. Well, I would pray right now, and I know that's what I need to do, but, man, I told these people, and what are they going to think? Well, if I'm seeking to please God, I'm not going to be the Lord's bondservant. Turn to Proverbs 29 since this is going over. Proverbs 29. All we're saying is, man, if you will just get your attention on the Lord, didn't the Lord say, if you try to seek to save your own life, you will lose it? He's telling you right here what's happening if you seek to do it your way and to please people. He said, if you go after it this way, he said, if you seek to save your own life, you will lose it. You ever tried to do it your way? And even though you're a believer and I'm going to do it like this and it's going to work out, never notice how it falls apart. Don't sit on that chair. It'll collapse. Don't put your trust in that. And people do that sometimes, you know, to project and do certain things. And he said, if, but he said, if, but if you would seek me first, said all these things would be added to you. You'd get it. Notice this in Proverbs 29, verse 25. This is an interesting verse. It says, the fear, or literally the respect, you know, having high regard of man brings a snare. When I put too high of a regard, now the Bible teaches us having a proper respect for kings and those who are in authority, people above and for parents, and we are supposed to respect, but having an overly above God way of measuring people where we fear, what do they think? What are, what are they going to think about this? How are they going to respond to this? He said it actually causes a snare. What's a snare? Well, we don't, there aren't a lot of snares anymore, you know, that people use because we don't trap animals and trap things. But there are, you know, there are different kinds of snares that like an animal will go and get its, its ankle caught in it and they catch it. 
You know, we all know the movies or the old cartoons where they put that big loop, bend the tree down, they step in it, and whack, it gets them, and they're stuck. He said, if you overly respect people in a wrong light, it will cause a snare to your soul. It's interesting that here in Proverbs it talks about, but if you respect the Lord and talks about respecting Him highly, then good will come to you. But what does that snare look like? You know, I don't, I'm not an Apple person, you know, when it, not food, computer-wise. So I don't know this to be true there, but on a regular PC, you know, there can be things that are running in the background. You ever heard that term? You got other programs, my computer's running slow, I'm not able to do this, so they say, well, close some of those things because there's stuff running in the background, or there's a virus in the background. You ever had that, and you hear your computer just going, it's just running, and you take it in, they go, oh, well, you have a virus on your computer, and it's running in the background, and it's just sapping everything, that's why you can't do anything. If you have it in you to be a pleaser of men, you've got a virus running in the background, and it'll slow you from action. You know, the Bible said that the righteous are supposed to be as bold as a lion. So how do we get those things not running in the background? But notice what he said. The fear of man brings a snare. It's a trap. It makes me not say when I should say, it makes me not do when I should do. If I'm trusting in the system, whatever it is, it brings a snare. And remember, the truth will make you free. But see, some people don't realize what some of the traps are they walk into. They act different around different people. You know, I've seen it before. You see somebody who, who carries themselves a certain way. I know this, this girl, back when I was in California, she worked and was our children's minister, her and her husband, but, but uh, we had gone to this meeting, and me and some of my friends were standing together, and we were talking. I mean, she knows me. I talk to her all the time, you know, or regularly at church, and uh, just a good person. She said, oh, I saw you with your friends. I was so scared to come talk to you. I was intimidated. I said, what? She said, oh, yeah, I was intimidated. She said, just how you guys carry yourself. I said, well, I all know them personally. If you would come and talk to them, they might have liked you more than me. They might have been your friend. I know this. They would have been super kind. They would have been good people. But they would treat you like us. They'd goof around. You'd just be part of the thing right away. And I thought, how many people hold themselves out of things because of their perceptions of people? But notice this, it's not just so much a perception of people because some of the perceptions may be true, but some of them may not. The issue is God. The issue is learning to seek first and get yourself where God is who He is in your life. He's God. 
but he needs to be God to you. So he said, oh, he's my Savior, he's my Lord. Well, one thing we can do, like Abraham did, whose blessing is ours now, the Bible said, as a believer, it's on you. Abraham, it said, God changed Abraham's name. God gave Abraham a promise. When God encountered Abraham, or Abraham encountered God, his name at first was Abram, which means a prince. And then God said, you know, here's what you really are, and here's the way I see you, and here's what I have for your life. He said, and his wife couldn't have babies. He, he was too old, and, but God gave him a promise, said, you're going to have a kid, and you are going to be called a father of many nations, and more than the sand of the sea, more than the stars of the sky, are you going to be your descendants. Couldn't even have a baby. Then God said, I'm going to change your name. And he said, you're no longer going to be called Abram, but Abraham, which is a prince or one over a multitude. So now Abraham, with all his servants and the blessing of God on his life, he's like, hey, you guys, come on in. You know, go tell them to come. And they go out into the field, one of the workers, and they're like, hey, they got to come in. Well, we're working. Who told you? Abraham? The guy with no kids? His name's Abraham. So he's calling himself what God called him. You know, Romans 4 said, he calls those things which be not as though they did. Not denying reality. How do you know some things are real and some things aren't? Sometimes people are just deceived by their own feelings. If you ask God to forgive you, I just don't feel forgiven. You might just be deceived. Because you're looking at what's seen instead of what's unseen when he said you are. So he started calling himself that. It's interesting that Paul was first called Saul. Peter known as the shifting sand one, Simon, he said from now on, you know, you're going to, I'm going to call you Peter, a little rock, and he was Mr. Shifty. Names in the Bible meant something. Name calling in the Bible or in our lives means something. But you can't, you don't want to identify with yourself as something you're not, but you can't identify with yourself based on what you see in the mirror all the time. Not in that mirror that's at the end of the hallway or in the bathrooms, but you are allowed to look in the mirror. Because the Bible calls the Word of God a mirror in James. And he said, you're supposed to look in the mirror of the Word of God. But he said, don't be a forgetful here. Because he said, when people are forgetful hearers, they look, they behold who they are, then they get up and forget who they were. The image of who they are is seen in the mirror. One thing about everybody in here, unless you've had an out-of-body experience, you have never, ever seen your face. You've always trusted what you saw in a reflection and said, that's me but you've never seen your face. 
You've seen an image of it, but you have never seen your... I've seen it, but you haven't. I didn't say it's telling lies, but we know, you know, with selfies now, people know how to go, okay, put the camera here. Oh, wait, I got to turn my head like this. That's the good angle. And they know what it looks like to get the good shot. So the thing is, though, you, you're to look, the Bible said, in a different mirror that brings liberty, and it will tell you who you are. If it says you are a child of God, you are a child of God. You just can't move away from seeing that. But you need to then reinforce it. Because not only what you see and focus on, but what you say builds you up. You know, Paul writing after his whole life of ministry in the, in, in the book of Acts, he made an interesting statement. Turn over there to, pro, uh, to Acts 20. I believe we'll probably get ready to close here with this, but, but I think there's a little bit more we want to do before we go. Because remember, these words are to build you up. They're not making you something you're not. You know, I joked about, you know, building a castle and then the blow-up thing. How many of you know that they have different shaped castles, different, you know, those blow-up things, or some of them look like an animal, some of them look different, you know, but, you know, some are castles, and they look different. Some of them are slides. They're different things. You maybe do not know what they are until they're edified or blown up and built up but they will take on the shape of what they are and you need to take on the shape of who you are and the way you do it is you're going to build yourself up because the bible said you have been recreated in christ when you received him spiritually so you need to be filled up with the right thing you'll then take on the right shape if you're like, yeah, but this one arm of the castle seems to keep hanging down, you need to be built up. Yeah, I, I, I just, I know this Christian thing's right, but I'm not having the, the fulfillment and the joy like I should be. Yeah, you're not supposed to jump in the mount, moon bounce thing until the air is at a certain place because then you're hitting the ground. That's why they got to be built up. You need to be built up. God has mercy on us through our lives, but you can enjoy the life of God, and your walk with God. Paul said he was able to finish his course with joy because he didn't love his own life. He wasn't living after himself. He wasn't living after others. He was determined, I'm going to follow God. And that's where you find fruit. That's where you find fulfillment. But here in Acts 20, notice this in verse 32. Uh, Paul is giving this speech to these guys. He's preaching and talking to them. He said, so now, brethren, I commend you to God. He said, I'm leaving. This is it. He already knew that he was going to be thrown in jail. He knew he was going to die for his faith. He had gone down the road here, and he said, he said, so now, brethren, because there were times as he wrote, he said, I know I won't return here again. Though he had had different trips through the areas, now he's giving this speech. He knew he was going to end up in Jerusalem. Then he knew he was going to be thrown in jail. Then he knew he was going to be in Rome. 
And so he said, now, he said, so now, brethren, I commend you to God. Now, who are we? We're to trust God. You know, when he talked about not having a a snare under your soul, if you try to please man, he said, you just have to, right after he talks about trusting God. And so he said, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. You're going to start noticing the same words that were over there that, that will build you up when you speak them. Notice this. And like I said, you got to be careful where you speak them. Right? I mean, you know, you could put ankle weights on and put baggy pants and go to the grocery store. Right? Or they have those vests and you could put it under you with the weights and you could put it under. You could do different things and get some exercise. But you wouldn't carry dumbbells through the grocery store necessarily, would you? I mean, if they were small in your hand, you might do something where it was hidden. There's some places that are better than others. Always the truth needs to come out. You can do it under your breath is what I'm saying. But notice he said this. There's a reason why I'm saying this. He said, so now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. It's able to build you up. It is able to build you up. What is his word of his grace? No wonder there's such a battle in your life. Or can be in your thoughts about spending time. Well, I don't know anything. I'm not going to start. Well, I already know enough. I've already read that. I already know that. I'm over turning over here. I'm not, you know, I'm too busy. Why are there things that fight against the word? Because the enemy knows that this will build you up. And then what? And give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified or are literally set apart unto the Lord, those who are saved. So the word of his grace will build you up. So how would you build yourself up in closing? We're talking about saying things. We don't, we might temper it different when we say things to other people than we would to ourselves. In other words, if we're talking to our children, we could say, man, you know, once they're saved, well, you're born again. You're, you're, you're different than the rest of the world. Not by your hair. Maybe it will influence your clothes. But you're different inside. You have eternal life. God still loves all those people. God still cares about them, but you're different. Not in a bad way, but in a good way. You have something, so you never need to compromise, and God will strengthen you from the inside. Now, we might talk to people like that. You know, there is a way to, is building up saying, you're so dumb. You know, the word said, don't lie. Well, I'm just speaking the word in their life, man. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm just speaking. No, you're tearing them up you could say you're different than that you actually have a new nature and when you go against god that actually the bible calls it sin for a season but it's going to hurt you 
but I know there's something different in you and better in you because you're saved. And so though you may have been tempted and done this, there's something that will drive you on. Teach them. Build them up. Have them have confidence in the God whose they belong to and the God who lives in them. There's a vast way to approach this. And when it talks about the washing of the water of the Word, which we'll get into probably 2017 sometime because it's in Ephesians, that does not mean you are the captain of your house and you drive a spiritual fire truck and you use the word for crowd control and you blow everybody down with your hose. I'm watching them, I'm washing them, Lord, with the water of the word. You know, it brings that picture of the person who they strip down and throw him in prison and turn, you know, like Rambo and they turn on the fire hose and they blast him clean. Well, that set Rambo off and it might set your kid off too. Because the Bible said, don't provoke your children to wrath. And you can do it with your words real good. Trust your kids. Believe in them until they lose your, their trust. Make them help them earn it back. Teach them how. You're mean. You took the car from me. No, you, you took it from yourself. If I don't help you right now, then you're going to think you can just whine because you are doing something foolish in the world and it's going to be taken from you and it's not them taking it from you. It's you violating God's ways and the ways that are of good, decent things. You brought this on yourself. It's good to fess up and know you are the one. You can't have that mentality. Every teacher's picking on me. They're all picking on me. If they are, then you need to do something about it. But if not, you need to realize they may not be. But we need to build people. But what about the one who hears the most? Your spouse, you. There are ways to build people up. But I do things and build myself up. I take the words of grace, and I do this on a regular basis. I was going to say when no one's around at home, but I do it in the car. I do it at different times, I'll, I'll, especially when, when I'm building up an area. I'll, I'll do it more. I'll read scriptures about the Holy Spirit, and I'll, I have a page of stuff, and I just call it meditation in my notepad, and I'll just go through and read different things at different times. Just, and then when I get done reading, I'll say, well, Lord, you said greater are you inside of me. That's not in my head. That's in my spirit. You're greater inside of me, and it doesn't matter what I feel. It matters what you said, and what you said is you're in me, and you never leave me. So you're in me, and you rise up strong. Thank you. You rise up strong in me. That's not praying. It's half praise and half worship, but at the same time, I'm building myself up. I am your child. You said I'm yours. You said you'd never leave me. Well, if I'm feeling insecure, like, man, is God always with me? I'm not built up in the truth that he said I won't leave you. I'm more identifying with my feelings and false reasonings than I am him. So does this happen overnight when you do this and you say, God, you're for me? You said you're for me? Thank you, you're for me. No, you're building yourself up. If you do it for a while, you'll get down a belt size. 
And you go, hey, it's fitting better. And you'll start going, yeah, he is in me. And you might get cocky, but not in a bad way. You'll get bold because you'll start going, he's with me and he is for me. He really is. But what's happened is we haven't heard these truths, so the word of grace hasn't been given, so people haven't had the chance to take them for themselves and say, God is for me as much as he is for anybody because I'm his child. I'm an equal heir. And if I don't build myself up, because right, Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, so I can take His Word and speak it, and it will just start a good cycle. God's for me. How do you know? He said it. You could even do this. I, I don't live by how I feel. I live by what you said, Lord. It's bread for me. This will do something for me. I am clean and accepted in the Beloved. I'm already accepted. I don't have to try to be accepted when I received Jesus. I got accepted in the beloved. The Bible said that. I am accepted. Then why are you trying to be accepted by people when you're in the best family ever? But if you get built up in those things, then your confidence is not in the opinions of people and what they think and what others are trying to project on you or what you falsely think they're projecting on you. Because some people who aren't built up think when somebody's laughing over there, they're talking about me. When they're not talking, they're obviously closing their mouth because I'm here. And that's because they're caving in on the inside. They're not built up. Maybe they are talking about you. Yeah, I was around that person. You could sense something a little different. It was like a piece or something. Oh, here they come. Shh. I knew they were talking about me. Now, you need to get built up, and you can. You can build yourself up. Don't think you're going to do it. You know, we've already come past January 1st, so everybody's gym membership that they're going to pay for the next year is now just a waste. You know what I'm talking about? For some people, it is now. It's just a full-blown waste of money. But why? They went and they didn't get, it didn't happen. Yeah, because it's going to take you all year. With this, you'll just keep building the rest of your life and getting stronger and stronger. You can get stronger in his love by declaring, I have a new nature the Bible said we know we've passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. Then he tells us how we can identify love. He tells us to look at Jesus, how he loved them, how he laid down his life. I can build myself up. I have this new nature that wants to lay down my life for you and not for people and not to be a person pleaser, though I'm going to love people. But when I'm secure in myself, I'm not having to project some kind of image and when I say secure in myself, who I am in Christ, if you will use your words and exercise yourself, you can build yourself up. Just on your own, get in the shower in the morning, go, I'm washing my skin, but I'm getting washed by the word. You said I've been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. This may take dirt off me, but you removed all sin and you removed all guilt by your blood. You'll get so worked up when condemnation comes against you for a failure, you'll be able to just say, 
no, I'm forgiven. And that thing will run instead of hanging over you like a dark cloud. But you've got to build yourself up or you're just going to live under condemnation. And God does not want that for you. He's not mad about it, but he is not pleased that you are getting bullied by condemnation. He's not for that. He's not mad at you, but he's not for that. But if you're not built up, you just think, well, this is just how I have to live, condemned and guilty and feel like this is just how you live as a Christian. No, you can build yourself up and say, he's for me. None of these things can overcome me. You with me? And as you do it, and don't just go, well, that didn't work a week later. You'll find it's working. All of a sudden, you'll go, I do have a little spiritual muscle. And it's getting bit bigger. And then you'll notice when condemnation leaves, guilt leaves, and other things start working because your faith will abound too.